Hello everyone and welcome to This Nintendo Life episode 174. My name is NBZ and uh, I'm enjoying my last weekend of Freedom Valley before I have to get back into the workplace and start a new job. Very exciting. uh, It is very exciting. This is a fun time. What a time Um, to be starting a new job. Yes, I know. It's very weird. Being at home probably for... I don't know, for the rest of the year, maybe, whilst learning yeah, to do a new thing. That's what my company's been murmuring, is that we're going to be like this for quite some time. And I think that's partly because our company's decided that we've actually managed to work from home very well as an organization. So That's good. Um, could be here for a while. Yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But um, yes, uh, in the meantime, we have lots of things to talk about, uh, video game related and, and as such. And um, yeah, we're going to talk about them. Uh, the first thing I want to remind people of is our Backlog Club, and we have decided we're going to do it in a month's time. And that will be the show coming out on the 17th of August. Um, but that means that if people want to get their comments in about Dogs Plus Cats, which is the game we're going to be doing, get those in by Friday or Saturday before then to the 14th, 15th. We'll remind you again next show, but we're going to get started playing Dogs Plus Cats, give it a month or so in, and then have a nice big chat about it and, and how it makes us feel uh, and all those things. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that as a backlog club. Uh, the game all choked up because i'm just thinking about all these little cats i'm gonna <laughs> be looking after um and and yeah that'll be a good time we also had our patreon show go up for the new patreon stuff um thanks for we've got some new folks signing up for patreon which is very cool to see and uh, that show is our first non-tendo this non-tendo life we talked about playstation and xbox and some other video games we've been playing um uh, on on different platforms uh, bali talks about halo magic halo uh, crazy so so yeah go check that out on patreon.com slash this nintendo life and uh and yeah and that's probably it for announcements up the top bally what are we gonna talk about in today's show on today's show the first segment we will be talking about the games that we have been playing our second segment is some emails and our third segment was a patreon uh, suggested topic where we are going to be making like our our fantasy nintendo companies and drafting nintendo ip um in each of our companies so Look forward to that. Absolutely. Uh, see if I can add some stakes to that. That'll be a fun thing to do. So um, we'll get to that uh, in a bit. But let's kick things off with video games. Bali, look. All right. So it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a bit of a long time. This is going. Uh, back in February, Bali was like, I'm going to play Chrono Trigger. And I was like, yes, Chrono Trigger, <laughs> Bali, here we fucking go. The greatest RPG ever made. You'll love it. It's good. You're going to burn through this thing. It's going to be great uh bali then proceeds to buy an xbox one and forget <laughs> chrono trigger exists and we're now in july so that's what march april may june july that's five months it's taken bali to finish there, there were some hiccups along the way there were a lot of hiccups a along the 20 way hours. there was there's final fantasy 7 yes there was buying an xbox there, there was, was last of us last of us part two um i played some games in between let's just say Basically, Bally thought of every excuse to not finish Chrono Trigger, which could, to some degree, be a good thing. Like, maybe he's enjoying it so much that he doesn't want it to end. But, ostensibly, this pretty short RPG, 20-ish hours or so, um, taking you five months, Bally. So, 
true to form, true to John Linderman form, because I remember back in the day of RFN, like his long saga of, I think it took him like two years or something to finish Chrono Trigger. Yeah. It, was a, it was a running joke. But I was like, Bali, are we really going to do the same running joke? I mean, I know we're inspired by RFN, but like to this degree? I, I, was, I, I was like, Ghost of Tsushima is the last straw. It is not happening for this game. I'm beating this game before Ghost of Tsushima came out. And yes. I stayed up till like half past midnight on a work night to beat this game uh, the day before Ghost of Tsushima came out. So that was my plan and I did it. I did it. So Bali, do you like Chrono Trigger? I mean, it's taken you a while to finish it. Well, here's the thing. Um, I, I think you can really enjoy a game and think it's awesome and still not find it the most addictive. And sure. I think that's probably how I feel about Chrono Trigger. I think that speaks to how long it took me to for, to beat it. Um, but I, I think it's a really great game. I think it's awesome. I loved it. But yeah, there was just something... And this isn't maybe a slight as much on Chrono Trigger, but most JRPGs I do find have a lot of mental hurdles to like play more of them and right. you know i i don't it's not my natural state of being when i'm in a game necessarily to be sure. playing jrpgs or rpgs and um i guess my favorite jrpg everyone knows is octopath i beat that game in like three to four weeks i think and that's very unusual for me i think that's also helped by the fact that it was a new game that had just come out right it was, like, that same with final fantasy 7 which is technically a jrpg even though the combat isn't turn-based but i think when something is fresh and hot and new and everyone's playing it there is that momentum that will naturally carry you through it as opposed to it's an older game you're personally going back to yeah totally and like there have been a lot of things coming out this year and you know there are games i want to play and i always try and play short games alongside long games and when i'm playing a long game and then another long game comes along one of those is always going to get butted and unfortunately it was chrono trigger for large portions of this year but i like i said i really enjoyed this game i played it in more or less four chunks where i basically play five six hours stop for a month play another five six hours stop for a month and that's how i kind of got to my i think i beat it in like 22 23 hours and i did do, i did do all like the side quest stuff at the end before the final boss was that along the pace of min max's deepest dive because that was the other thing that was happening at the time is min max were doing their deepest dive on chrono trigger and that's kind of why you started it back in yeah. February, or something it kind of gave you a bit more momentum yeah to start it. which reminds me i need to watch the final part of that but yeah no i that's kind of why i started it then and yeah i i I, I didn't obviously keep up with them and yeah things just got in the way and hey i've i've beaten it i i did kind of segment it a bit alongside them but then it, that their final part part three is just like the second half of the game more or less so like, sure. i think they, yeah, they exactly. messed up the some of the timings on that but sure yeah 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 i i think this game makes a lot of really bold choices which i really respect um first of all i think the art style is fantastic and i think what's bold about it is that the the pixel art i think what makes the pixel art so strong is that the the sprites are so large i think that like and it's not just the sprites of the characters but the sprites of like the environments the trees the buildings this sorts of thing the the game's not scared to really zoom in the camera as it were and have really large sprites for enemies and the characters and the environments and i think obviously it's this is akira toriyama dragon ball z everyone loves him what did they and I think he does a great job with this game. Like, I, I, I really think that this sprite design is unlike anything else I've seen on anything Super Nintendo or even, like, Game Boy Advance related, genuinely. Yeah. Like, I think it, 
it looks incredible and i know that ds games lose a bit of their color on playing them on 3ds which is how i played this game i still think the color really popped like i think it really stood out and maybe that's quite surprising considering the the 3ds kind of nullifies it so i think from that perspective it's just such a welcoming game it's just so awesome from an artistic perspective and then another bold choice it makes that also makes it a lot more playable is no random encounters like how many jrpgs have i played where you get random encounters and at times random encounters can really slow down the game when you're getting from point a to b and or you're retraversing areas especially i think that's the thing that annoys people the most is like Yes, I want to level up, and yes, it's important to level up to, you know, take on the bosses necessarily, but this game doesn't have random encounters, and I think as a result of not having random encounters, they can really do some crazy maths puzzles in order to make sure that you're the right level for every stage of the game through almost planned encounters. It just makes it so much more balanced, doesn't it? Like, it means that when you roll into a boss, you don't feel like, oh, I've got to go grind because the game has naturally built your characters to the point where you are able to take them on. Like, it might be a bit more tricky and you may have to come up with some different strategies, which, talk about the combat, but, like, you can definitely do a lot of different things with it. Um, But it's just so nice, especially... This game is so ahead of its time in terms of so many of its systems. Like, that is one of them. Another one is the fact that all your party members level with you, even if they're on the bench. Cough, Octopath, Traveler, Cough. One of my biggest complaints about that (laughs) game. Um... And like yeah, Chrono Trigger was doing this twenty years ago, uh, and and yeah, alongside that that sprite stuff, I think it's interesting you compare it to something like Final Fantasy VI because you're right, like the camera in that game is far more zoomed out, the, the sprites and the characters are much smaller on the screen, which I guess for the scope of the world is is impressive in six, but this game focuses, I guess, more on a smaller world, but it always changes because you're going seeing it in different eras of time periods and things like that. So yeah, kind of yeah, allows it to look um, a bit different i'll i'll just focus one more point on something mechanical and then we can talk more about like the world and the story um yeah. and i do think that the fight system is a really neat evolution on a very simple like, i think the fight system is something like final fantasy 6 or even like an earth band it's incredibly simplistic it's like you got your magic you got your physical attacks you can use the kind of like it it kind of is very standard for that kind of jrpgs at the time i think the yeah. tech system is a really natural, smart evolution on that basic mechanic where characters learn techs and you've got like, I think you can learn like tech points from enemies and these are separate to like standard experience points, which I think is really great. So you are still getting some benefit of mixing up your party in terms of techs, I believe. Um, whereas in Final Fantasy VI, it's just kind of like this one linear form of leveling for your characters, I guess. So the techs are so great because... There's real unique dual techs and triple techs that are used between different party members. So you have three party members and any two or three of those party members can do these dual tech things that thematically play into the character where, for example, Marl is like an ice magic user. So she can make Chrono have a crazy ice sword attack. Uh, and that's a dual tech, for example. But hey, if you've got Frog in there as well, they can like jump off Frog with the ice sword attack and use like this crazy powerful triple tech attack. And it's like thematically fitting like it's a great way of matching mechanics to like thematic magic users and you know ideas like that where and the party just like working together in a fight basically exactly um and 
a character like Frog, I think, who's one of my favorites. So my party was Chrono Trigger, Chrono Trigger, Chrono <laughs> Frog, and Marl for like maybe ninety percent of the game, or as much as you can use those characters. And um, I love a character like Frog, where there is such an emphasis on him, his history with the sword, the Masamune. Uh, but also he's a frog he's got water attacks like that's just a really simple thing that i'm like yes you want your frog to be able to use water attacks that makes sense uh likewise chrono he's got like all these crazy sword attacks like cleave and he's got the spinning attack that can essentially make if you've got like a healer um like i think is it frog or mile i think mile you can like Use an attack with Chrono and Marl that will spray healing to your whole party, essentially. Um, yes, because he spins around he and spins, spins around. It so yeah. it's just this thematic way of mixing mechanics with um, like the magic abilities of these characters. I think it worked really yeah. well, and you really need the techs um, for the game. I don't think it's the most difficult game. Um, I certainly... By the but near the end of the game, especially with the side quests, I was really heavy on a guide to just kind of... Because the side quests, I think... Um, I think that would take a lot of exploration and understanding of the world to kind of work out where you're going. Right, because some of it is going back and forward in time to change things so that yeah, you then have a yeah. new thing in the present from the past and stuff like that, which I really like. Conceptually, I love that type of stuff. But yeah. It's, yes, it's it, tricky to figure out. Yeah, and it, and it really works in a way where I, I do think that maybe the final bosses I did need to like think well well okay how do I take this person and just to save time I'd like look up a strategy maybe rather there's than... a real cruel trick they pull with that final boss where the center thing that looks like the boss isn't actually the boss yeah <laughs> and it's like yeah. the one on the right or whatever yeah um, which is a little weird but yeah I remember that fight taking a little a little of a long time but um but the, the other thing with the text which is interesting this game is so much about positioning where the enemies are in relation to where you're uh, units are and so depending on how clustered together they are it might be smarter to do say the the chrono spin move on those enemies because you'll hit them all in oh, one right, yeah. versus if you just do that on one enemy it's kind of wasting your mp or whatever just because yeah i didn't think about that enough to be honest and maybe it's because of some of the certain moves i used weren't often like the spray moves in that way but, yeah um i could have maybe utilized them more it's um, part of the reason i used isla in my party every single time uh, as much as possible so my party was the same as yours but instead of frog uh substitute in isla and her and chrono have a crazy go across the screen move where she kind of flies like superman across the screen and there's a certain boss i think it's like the giant t-rex or something where you go across and it kills both of his hands and it hits his head in the center as well and that move just crushed that for me so there's certainly like positioning was a big deal in terms of my play style and who i chose and mm. things like that yeah one more mechanical thing i absolutely love about this game that's related to encounters the fact that there are also no random encounters um encounters like a modern final fantasy 7 remake uh, go straight from walking around to fighting the the enemies there's no like cut to hey we're now in a battle like say i don't know a pokemon or even like um octopath traveler where you get like a black screen now we're in a battle you know like it just music changes music changes and the the music music changes in this but yeah the music still changes but you're you're going into a battle very seamlessly from walking around in the world and i think that is 
such a modern thing to have yeah. with this game that is from 1995 it's crazy as i said this game is so ahead of its time in so many ways which is why when i played it in what five years ago 2015 i was like jesus like how has how have not how have more games not learned from chrono trigger because it was just a trailblazer in, yeah. in all these aspects it's yeah. remarkable um world building and lore so i've said what i think about time travel a lot on this show uh-huh. not um, a fan and here's the thing with this game is I actually think that the game doesn't take itself too seriously to a, a level where the time travel kind of works. Like it doesn't, it's not, it's not trying to be, I don't know, like a Doctor Who where it's like, oh, and the- yeah, it's not trying to explain itself and figure out paradoxes and stuff exactly. like that. And there's a couple of mentions of paradoxes. And I think there's some character like Robo, I believe at the end is like, oh, but what about this if we, and then, but other than that, like it's not really talked about that, hey, if you do these things and the knock on effects, it's actually going to call the, the, the little science rubbish, whatever. Uh-huh. It, they just kind of like scrape over it and, and that's fine and it works. And I think having a world that you are re-exploring and um, visiting from, you know, like this prehistoric fantasy world where it's this weird cave people living with these weird monster-like dinosaurs is very cool. And then you've got like a traditional fantasy setting a more modern fantasy set i think it's like three i think because you got like twelve thousand um bc and then like 600 ad and then a thousand ad so it's like these are those like the three core i guess fantasy settings then you got like the future setting and also like the end of time and i just think it's like a really i'm pretty sure there's like if you match up there's one character from each time setting which i think in your party yeah. in your party which i think is just a really cool way of saying hey your party represents all these time periods uh, throughout history and we're going to tell you how they all link together and sure the story turns into like this big world ending thing and there's not in terms of the grand story i don't think there's much overly interesting about it but i think the game does a really good job like a game like final fantasy 6 like a game like octopath i'd even argue that it can tell some really great little short personal stories along the way um and i really really enjoyed the personal story of a character like frog for example Frog's a big one for sure really loved that reveal there's some cool stuff in there um i think robo how how do you feel about like just the there are reveals and twists in chrono trigger that some of them i kind of knew going into obviously you a lot more uh you you do a much better job of shielding yourself from that stuff just because it just goes over your head whenever you hear anyone talk about it if it's not something you're interested in at that particular time were were those things that you had any idea were coming or like the one of the party members you get for example or like something that happens near the end of the game so before i played final fantasy 7 remake all i knew about final fantasy 7 was that cloud was a dude with spiky hair in uh, and used a sword in the world of final fantasy 7 i can pretty confidently say all my knowledge of chrono trigger was that chrono was a dude with spiky hair and a sword <laughs> in the world of chrono trigger maybe with a bit of time travel thrown in i, can... I think that probably describes your opinion on every anime in existence yes <laughs> I'm pretty confident that's all I knew about Chrono Trigger. And uh, I mean, obviously you took, played the game, spoke about the game on the show. And um, my memory for a lot of what you'd said is definitely gone. But I did obviously know it was about time travel. And that's always suggested in the yes. title of the game. But um, other than that, I, w- I went in pretty pretty clean and was definitely 
pleasantly surprised by a number of the plot beats, which I won't spoil here, but I think um, though they're really well executed. I think that it's like very, there's some twists and I like that. Yeah. It, it's cool. And um, there are some darker themes to certain people's stories, which I think work. Uh, and it's just like all, all the characters just feel very different. And I know we've said that sort of about Final Fantasy VI. I almost felt it more with this game in a way where they felt even more different. For, for me, Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VII are much more similar in terms of the cast of characters and how diverse and weird they are. Um, uh, I, I would say Chrono Trigger even more so than than Seven, but but yeah, it's like you've got but you've got three female characters uh you've got uh, a robot you've got a frog guy you've got an anime swords guy like they're, they're all just very different from one another yeah, and they're really from cool. different places yeah um and i think this is probably like my favorite sort of older jrpg experience i guess the previous above earthbound or how yeah, was it with I, earthbound? I mean it's a way smoother game to play in many ways than earthbound i yeah. think it's a much I mean, Earthbound has its own style, but I still think I probably prefer the look of Chrono Trigger a lot more. Yeah. Um, I prefer the lack of... I think Earthbound's got random encounters, doesn't it? Like, I, it, I, Well, it's got like they run into you, don't they, on the map? You kind of see them? Or maybe it does have random encounters. I can't I quite remember. both. Um, well, it kind of... Yeah, maybe it does have both because there's definitely the mechanic of an enemy runs into you and they yeah. die instantly. Um, yes. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Earthbound is very hard to compare, um, but in terms of like a traditional JRPG experience, which I sure. I, I struggle to even kind of describe Earthbound as in many ways. Yeah, like Earthbound is kind of just this weird thing on its own, honestly. Like, yeah. it, it defies a lot of yeah. uh, kind of traditional expectations. But I certainly can prefer it to like Final Fantasy VI. Um, as much as I love that game, I do think Final Fantasy VI is a great game. I, I always go by the, the idea that Final Fantasy VI to me has the far more interesting narrative like in terms of its characters and its setup and its its world and, and its history i think it's writing and, and some of that stuff gets a little weird just because it was an old translated game and and hasn't really been updated since the nice thing about the chrono trigger version on ds which is the one that you've been playing which we didn't mention but i think yeah. people assume that um is that they had the chance to maybe update some of those things if they did have typos and bad translation things that happened in the original super nintendo game but i would say that final fantasy 6 as a story with like a core cast and villain um probably is a bit stronger whereas i think overall as a video game chrono trigger chrono trigger for me is far superior Mm, mm, yeah no i think i agree um and then i was thinking this came out in 1995 could you imagine a world in which we played chrono trigger before pokemon because yeah when you look at like sprite design and what this game does with like its battle mechanics and everything like Pokemon's great. I think Red Blue are fantastic games. I think they have even stood the test of time. But they're, and I think they that that world almost feels even bigger. But when you're talking about like storytelling and, uh, I mean, bringing in like how colorful Chrono Trigger isn't fair because it's a Game Boy game on Pokemon. But yeah, that, that's the thing. Is like this is essentially back in the day. This is what console games were. So it's, yeah, it is a like comparing. You know, I don't know ghost of tsushima and mario 3d land right it's not really a favorable comparison yeah yeah um i just think it'd be really interesting what we thought of pokemon having had experience of some of the traditional jrpgs like this game or final fantasy 6 or even earthbound like i think would have been very exciting but um for sure i'm glad i finally played it uh ticked it off the games that mbz wants ballot playlist which is an ever dwindling list at this stage Hey, um, you're getting there, man. Getting away. there. I'm getting there. But uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And yeah, 
glad I finally played it. Yep. It's, uh, yeah, I think on Twitter you said it was pretty neat, and I responded, you <laughs> lunatic. Uh, it's a goddamn masterpiece. Which, you know... Um, I'd, I'd, I'd call it a masterpiece for its time. I'm not sure I could... Uh, I don't know if I would claim it's like masterpiece in the same way as, I don't know, IGN masterpiece today, you know, sort of thing. I don't know. Um, if IGN reviewed Chrono Trigger today, they would give it a 10. If an indie developer made Chrono Trigger, it would get a 10 today. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Like, I i wholeheartedly believe that um because i just think it it for me it is still because it's so ahead of its time it just feels modern when you play it today um there's no fluff to it there's no no fat it is just lean as an rpg it has all the systems you want it is a simple tale told well like it's just kind of everything that i enjoy about that style of game yeah Um, no i i see that and i i think it would it stands that test a lot stronger than like earthbound and final fantasy 6 for sure because yes. of it, those mechanics we've been over so yeah no I, I buy that i think it would review very well today um yeah I, I i i don't know is it in my top echelon of games i'm not sure i think it's on the border it's, it's on yeah, the border yeah but it's for sure and, and, and for me i've always said that chrono trigger like there are other jrpgs i personally connect with more and i'm sure that's the case for you as well but for me chrono trigger is like almost unassailable in it's just pure quality like it's yeah. just I, I'd say I respect Chrono Trigger more than I personally love it, though I do personally love it a lot. I, there are other games that speak to me a bit more. Yeah. Um, but I, I highly revere it. I, I agree entirely with the idea that I respect this game a ton, <clears throat> a ton, but do I personally love it to the same degree? Maybe not quite the same degree, but uh, yeah. 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 And that is Fantastic. purely personal preference, but... Absolutely. Yeah. Cool uh cool we also have been playing uh there's a couple of new games that have come out i played a i've not started deep into paper mario next time on the show i'll give you a deeper dive on paper mario my very quick thoughts are this game is a goddamn delightful and it is charming as all hell it looks gorgeous um it's so far it is winning me over very very well we'll see how the combat holds up but at the moment it's a fun little puzzle that i like solving and, and feels good so so yeah, I'll give you more in-depth impressions on Paper Mario uh, next time, once I've actually had time to play it through. Uh, but we've both spent a bit of time with Ghost of Tsushima as well, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about on next month's Patreon show. We'll go a bit more in-depth on the full game. But um, Bali, how are you feeling about Tsushima so far? I really love Japan, if people hadn't heard about that uh-huh. before. And yeah. I was very excited for this game. And I thought I think they'll nail the Japanese stuff. I think it'll it'll feel very it'll feel fairly authentic. I think it'll feel very cool, very traditional feudal Japan. I'm excited about that stuff. I was concerned about how enticing the gameplay and especially the combat would be. And about four or five hours in, I am absolutely loving the combat. I, I can't claim that I'm I'm doing anything particularly stealthy so far. I'm very much samurai facing my opponent down looking them in the eye when i kill them kind of thing and i am absolutely loving it i think that the the number of moves and that you have and the way that they're implemented is it's a really really incredible fight system especially for like an open world game it just feels very very impressive um with the stances the skill points um the the weapons that you can throw in there it's a very satisfying game so far yeah and i think a lot of people have complained about its kind of generic open worldness and like yeah it is another one of those but for me the thing that sets it apart is it's a place i like existing in and i really like the mechanics of it so as opposed to something like horizon where 
the world was gorgeous in Horizon and like there was an interesting story for me I didn't enjoy playing Horizon and so that's why the generic open worldness of that game grated on me a lot more I think it's the case where if you're into a setting if you're into a vibe and and how a game feels then that stuff is not as important right like it kind of gives you more of an excuse to keep playing the game and stay in the world so for me Tsushima is hitting far harder than a traditional one of these usually does partially because i think sucker punch make games that feel great to play and are as i was talking to you Bally before it feels like every single design decision made in this game or decision made about how the game plays is in service to the player and making them feel good and making things easy and smooth it is the antithesis of a game like red dead redemption where it feels like you're walking through fucking sludge and every little drawer you have to open pick out a thing turn it around in your hand 17 different times it feels like Red Dead Redemption 2 is like self-masturbatory to a degree that I just (laughs) distastefully hate Um, and it's because it just wants to show you a vision of like ah look at this cinematic operatic thing versus Tsushima's like hey man we're a fucking video game you can just hit the R2 button when you're flying past a flower in a field and somehow Jin Sakai will just pick it up Mm. I don't know how he does it but it just evaporates into his inventory but but I think the game is still very cinematic and operatic in its own way that works like totally like the jewels when you're facing off against people it certainly does that vibe yeah you can emphasize gameplay and still do something cinematic opera i think the showdown mechanic is very well staged and looks cinematically incredible but at the same time from a gameplay perspective is great let's time that slash let's uh, let these enemies approach me and then slash them like a samurai it looks beautiful and like we see we've seen a ton of gifs of last of us part two with like little gameplay sequences that i think are really cool and we're now seeing like a really neat wave of ghost of tsushima ones where you can just do some really clever well-timed counter-attacking and slashing that just looks incredible yeah i think that's sony legend who he basically does these incredible gifts mainly for sony first party games and um is very very good at making games look cinematic you see some of his stuff he does with tifa in final fantasy 7 and i'm just like in awe of those gifts they are just remarkable um so so yeah but yeah as i was saying i think when you when you take things like um picking up resources which is just like clicking a button real quick and they kind of evaporate into your inventory the the resources are just like have this glossy white flashing yes so they're really easy to read in the environment um sliding down ladders like there's one of those things in video games i was like okay climb a ladder slowly then climb it down slowly every time in a video i was like why don't you just slide down the ladder and sucker punch is like yep you just slide down the ladder uh, when you call your horse it just teleports right next to you within like one second instant healing when you press down on the d-pad using the wind to guide your direction you just swipe on the touchpad and it shows you every single part of this game is built to make it easy to play and fun and just keep you engaged and for me that's like my type of video game and though it is very like maybe it loses something in terms of hey the writing's not as good and the voice acting's not like up to the level of something like a last of us which is a very hard comparison to make for me it's a much more enjoyable video game and like i'm already liking this way more than playing last of us Mm. honestly Uh, and i I think so far for me the story is actually quite interesting like it's not uh, yeah it's not you know top tier video game story but it's it's better than serviceable and i think that's really cool i i think like the smaller stories of like the people you're meeting and their own personal side quest that you start going on they're actually quite good and I, i am invested in some of those so that's that's pretty cool um, oh, other thing I wanted to bring up is 
a lot of these games since i guess the batman arkham series have relied on the quote-unquote batman vision um or like witcher sense which is like you press a button and it shows the environment in like a different way it kind of has that in like the enemy stealth stuff where you press the touchpad and it highlights Mm -hmm. enemies in red and things like that but there are a lot of missions in this game as it's like generic open world design which is follow this path to find somebody and it doesn't rely on those types of mechanics it just makes you look at the ground and often the path is like through a kind of area of grass and you're following foot tracks and it it kind of lets you naturally do it as a player instead of turning on a witcher vision in order to do that so i thought that was just a a smarter way of implementing it without having this kind of i don't know supernatural sense that Jin somehow has or whatever um which is pretty cool yeah so. yeah so yeah uh, i'm sure we'll talk about it a lot more next month in august on our patreon show uh, maybe we'll do a spoiler cast for it who knows but um but yeah so far very very good very impressed by it uh and then i have been playing bug fables uh the everlasting sapling i think is the subtitle <laughs> um which sure like there's the generic uh he's the MacGuffin we're going after basically so so in the wake of paper mario and everyone being annoyed by paper mario not being an rpg anymore and blah 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 i've made my peace with that honestly like i'm like all right fine then they just don't want to make that that's fine it's okay nintendo intelligent systems do what you like with paper mario um it's it's another one of those games in the wave of independent uh entries like golf story like wargroove like stardew valley where indies are going out there and being like hmm nintendo doesn't want to make these old games people like anymore how about we make one of those so bug fables is basically this team's attempt at traditional paper mario when i say traditional paper mario i mean games in the vein of the first one on nintendo 64 and paper mario the thousand year door on gamecube which is to say turn-based combat that has um button presses that you activate to defend yourself or to jump on people it's kind of the way all mario rpgs have been from the original super mario rpg on super nintendo all the way to the mario and luigi series paper mario does the same thing but this game goes so far as to have badges which was a big deal in those games it has when you level up you choose between your mp your hp and your medal points to see how many you can equip to yourself um it has the same kind of you know when mario i don't know if you've seen much of thousand year door or the original paper mario but when he attacks when he's holding his hammer back it does this kind of light up system it like goes light 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 and then on the final light is when you let go of the button and it hits it's literally the exact same thing (laughs) so one of the characters kabu who is a it's like a beetle i don't know what kind of beetle. a stag beetle he has like a he has a horn on his head um and so his attack is basically him charging up his horn and then smashing somebody and it's the exact same light up system of like blank 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 and then press the button um you have v who's a bu- uh, a bee and she uses a boomerang and so boomerangs can be used to knock flying enemies out of the air so that kabu can attack them or they can hit enemies behind because there's positioning in this game as well so if you have three enemies in a row kabu can only attack the enemy who's at the start of the line whereas v and then the other character leaf who uses magic can attack any of the enemies because their weapons can go past the first line essentially um and so from a mechanics perspective it feels like it's picking up that paper mario baton and just running with it and adding a whole bunch of things uh, the battle system feels a bit more complicated because you have these three party members as opposed to paper mario you have one usually plus like a a support party member that was all the all the kind of named characters so you had like the the ghost lady and and all these other 
mario characters but who actually looked a little bit different from the design perspective and had a bit more personality to them but this time your entire party like levels up together and you don't have like individual experience they're all kind of one cohesive unit and and there's lots of little kind of twists to what types of attacks you have you have your special moves that can do certain things like freezing enemies leaf who's the moth he can freeze an enemy and then that will leave them incapacitated for a couple of turns so there are certain bosses that i would find pretty difficult and and one thing you have to keep in mind the numbers tend to be pretty low so your hp at the moment i'm like 15 hours into the game i'm getting close to the end but my characters have 15 hp right so you start with like five and then it goes up all the way up very slowly when you level up you can choose between getting plus one hp plus three tp which is your magic points or plus three medal points and so plus one hp is a pretty significant boost when you're talking about these kind of low numbers it's not final fantasy where you're getting up into the thousands of damage and stuff like that um which means that certain enemies when you take them on just even regular enemies if they hit you for like three damage that's like a significant amount of damage like it, usually you would be like oh that's nothing but because of the scale here and, and how things are working it can be quite significant and they do a decent job of putting save points and healing points at areas where you would need them and, and things like that but there's certainly a lot of juggling of oh boy i need to make sure i conserve some of my mana to use it at a point where a really hard enemy comes versus just taking the hit here a couple of times um and a lot of you know defending against stuff getting your button presses timed correctly in order to block stuff there's two levels of block so there's a regular block where you'll take less damage and then there's a super block which means you'll take almost no damage and it it shows it in terms of if you do a regular block it'll just say block if you do a super one it'll say awesome so you'll know exactly what the timing is and so a lot of the game is also learning the timing of enemies how often um, they attack you and, and things like that but there are definitely some tough bosses where there's i think the chapter three boss is this giant kind of bee um flying ship type of sentry unit and one of its moves when it gets lower down in health is to just charge at your entire party and if you're not ready for it because you've never seen this move before it'll go through everybody and it'll do like seven or eight damage to everyone in one hit and i was like oh boy like i wasn't prepared for that so it kind of it made it so i had to redo that fight um once or twice because it was it was a bit tricky and i was looking up how do i because it, it felt like i was like man i was doing barely any damage and it was, it was kind of tough and there's definitely ways you get around it as i was saying with the freezing strategy someone mentioned online like okay attack him with two characters then on the last turn use leaf with your magic to freeze him and then he won't get to attack that turn he'll fall to the ground and on your next turn you can start with kabu doing a heavy strike which usually does five damage but because they're frozen it'll do an extra point of damage so it was this i found a strategy that worked and i'm like oh okay i see that there's definitely you need to be a bit more creative with your combat and on what you're doing and sometimes you won't be able to hit an enemy so you can pass your turn to another character for example if there are flying enemies in the air and you need to use v to take them down but she's already taken her turn you can be like okay leaf i don't want to use you this turn i'll just give your turn to v so she can take the enemy down out the sky so there's a lot of ability to kind of shake things up you can change your own positioning so your positioning matters in terms of how much defense you have so i usually keep kabu out in front because he has the highest defense and keep v in the back because she gets hit quite hard and you can twist them around to kind of get in the right position and things like that um and you get bonus things like if you are able to hit an enemy before you fight them you know because they're all out on the field you can knock into them you can throw your boomerang at them then you'll get two attacks in that 
um first turn versus just one so so it feels like paper mario but it feels jacked up it definitely mm. feels like a bit more in steroids like it's added a lot more to those systems i should mention i've never played the original all thousand year door all my knowledge of it comes from watching people play through it back in, when i was watching a bunch on n64 uh yes um yeah. well so paper mario 64 was uh the first one and then you had thousand year door which was gamecube oh, right, i've yeah, watched yeah. i've watched a full playthrough of the first game i've seen i think half of thousand year door um i've seen people stream it before i've watched people play through it so i have a good idea of what those original paper mario games mm. are and why people like them and i think part of the reason people like them is the characters right people like that you have these weird mario enemies and there's a bit of controversy recently about this interview that tanabe did with uh, i can't remember who but he was talking about how nintendo have mandated it so that you can't really change mario enemies anymore so you can't you can't have like goombella or goombario who were named like versions of goombas but like goombella had like a ponytail and she had this ability to like spy on enemies to see their hp and stuff and she had personality and she was her own character she was a goomba but she was her own character and it seems like nintendo just aren't allowing that anymore so in origami king but you can stick three goombas in a doctor's jacket and yeah. make him <laughs> dr goomba <laughs> make him dr goomba dr baby wario for god's sake don't like these double standards ah <sighs> you're right yeah yeah I, I mean that's not really a new character though is that's just fucking three goombas in a jacket well maybe they should <laughs> introduce dr goomba to uh the paper mario universe i mean that would be more interesting than what they're currently doing which is ah it's a goomba they all have to look like gum and it's like ah can please nintendo because so much of the personality of those old games was built around those characters um and so it's nice to have a game where you have these three core characters there's a bit of mystery about leaf and and their past because apparently leaf was uh had been around a hundred years ago because when they go to meet the queen of the ant kingdom she's elizant the second and leaf was like well elizant the first when i was alive and it's like oh that was a hundred years ago so um it's it's very interesting uh that setup there's this entire universe they call it bulgaria and there are the different kingdoms there's the term i just got to the termite kingdom there's the ant kingdom which is kind of your home base and your your mission as a group of kind of a, a party or the team snake mouth and you what, what bug do you play as so the three bugs you have i've explained are kabu who's like a stag beetle right v who is a bee and leaf who is a moth so you're kind of three characters from different kingdoms essentially all come together and your your team is tasked with getting all these old artifacts basically for the queen for some reason i can't remember blah blah blah, whatever um and there's this this war with the wasp kingdom that is going on and the wasps have invaded and there are moments where like you're fighting against wasp enemies and they want to take over um and it's, it's this cool like setup of not political per se but it's interesting yeah. to see kind of the system in which they have built out a real world here and it's really funny because you go through this entire desert section and it's like really complicated and you get lost sometimes and you eventually get to the bee kingdom which you have to go up on this elevator to get to the the hive essentially the hive like looks over every other kingdom and you get to the top and you go out to this kind of output outpost and you look through a telescope and you look down at the desert you've just gone through and it's literally just like a kid's sandbox and it's hilarious because it <laughs> it shows that this grand bug kingdom is literally just set in someone's mm. garden essentially which is it's kind of the toy story thing of like this entire huge world from the perspective of a small toy looks like this entire place and i just love that idea so so. the fables are good in bug fables and the story is quite good yes yes absolutely i I wouldn't say it's like anything to write home about in terms of 
you know amazing storytelling but the writing is funny i like the characters i really like v v is probably my favorite character she's very peppy um very kind of like doesn't have time for anyone's shit um kabu is much more stoic he's like very honorable and then leaf is kind of mysterious and has like this weird past that you're not sure about so so they work really well as a triumvirate and um and yeah and, and at the moment i'm kind of getting near the end game now so things are ramping up a little bit in terms of difficulty uh you, you can make the game even harder if you want there's a medal you can equip for zero points which is just hard mode and i yeah i would not want to do that because i'm not that the game is really difficult but i am finding it quite challenging and i i do appreciate that about it but um but yeah you definitely have to use a lot of items and you definitely there's no point in holding on to things right it's like man i'm low on tp i gotta use this because i don't know when a save point is coming i don't know when i'm going to be able to heal again um so a lot of it is a bit of resource management but it's a really enjoyable combat system the other thing to that i found a little bit controversial is the art style because when i first saw the game i was like i don't know if i like this it's um it's a little it feels like not great art and mobile gamey no not mobile gamey just a little i don't know unrefined which is maybe a bit rude to say but it, it didn't really fit with my taste and i think it's definitely grown on me um and it definitely works and it, it has the very much the paper aesthetic not that this world is based in paper but it's basically all your characters are very thin and uh, they have two sides to them and they flip back and forth when you were talking about all the bugs and like the bug kingdoms the game i thought of was like hollow knight and some of the representatives representatives I mean, of like those kingdoms in that yeah game, you know? it's got a little similar vibe to that i wouldn't say the art style is quite as clean or crisp as hollow knight is it's much few games are (laughs) yes for sure but um but like it's it was a little bit of a stumbling block when i first started the game but like you kind of get used to it and it's it it doesn't look bad it's just it's not necessarily my aesthetic um so so yeah but you know what if you're one of those people who are very annoyed by the new paper mario and you're not going to play it and you're like i don't want to support nintendo for doing this thing that i don't want them to do blah 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 that's fine I'm, i I totally get why you don't like it but if you haven't played bug fables yet it's like i think 20 dollars. also i should mention i got sent a review code for bug fables so thank you to the developers for that um but yes you can you can go get it on the eShop, and uh it's it's really good it's just a really i wouldn't say it's like doing anything that particularly special one of the nice things about it is it does kind of have dungeon puzzles as well so almost zelda-esque dungeon style things where each character has different abilities um kabu has the ability to knock objects with his horn he also has he later on gets the ability to like crash through boulders and also dig himself underground so you can like explore underneath areas um and then v has the ability to throw her boomerang and you get an upgrade for the boomerang which lets you hold it in place so that you use it to kind of rotate things around and there's lots of puzzles involving that that can get a little bit janky like it's not the most perfect in terms of its puzzle design sometimes it feels a little clunky there's a certain stealth section i got to where i have to move this boulder around then i have to freeze this block and make sure the enemy doesn't see me while i'm doing it because if they spot me then i'm out of stealth and i have to restart the section again i need to make sure that i get everything lined up and rotate this thing with my boomerang and make sure i don't get caught the entire time and if i get caught i'm gonna have to refreeze the thing and do it all over again like i wish they had a bit more checkpointing for some of those longer puzzles that just feel a bit like all right fine i'd like i keep on doing it just to get it perfectly right that that first time 
but i like the variety of it it does break things up a lot more and it means you're not just fighting enemies you're not just going through dungeons a lot of it is wayfinding a lot of it is just figuring out little environmental puzzle stuff to get you from one place to the other um and yeah it's really strong i really like it a lot it, it as a package it is absolutely the successor to traditional paper mario that people wanted like it follows in the footsteps of wargroove and of golf story of being a really good independent one of those um so if you are one of those people i highly recommend it um and i i've not finished it yet but i'm getting close and uh and yeah i uh i've really enjoyed it how, so. how do you think the developers felt when paper mario origami king was announced <laughs> i don't know i think to some degree it's a blessing for them yeah no that i kind of looked at it in a positive light but just the timing seems impeccable well the thing is the timing isn't actually that impeccable it's just the timing for the switch release because this game technically came out on steam last year Uh, but but for whatever reason it didn't hit anybody's radar and so this year with the switch release i think the thing that really skyrocketed it was they contacted arlo number one paper mario fan and Uh gave him a review copy and that's how i heard about it i i saw his video i was like what is this game and arlo gave it like seven out of seven he's like this is the true successor to paper mario i've been waiting for for 10 years or whatever so i was like oh wow that's really high praise for this game i've never heard of before um and so that was its switch release so when it came out on switch he reviewed it and i think that's what put it on a lot of people's radar uh which is very cool and and i think now people are picking it up and discovering it and that's great honestly because it deserves to be discovered it's really really good so so yeah cool well i think that is going to wrap us up for segment number one don't go anywhere we'll be back after the break chatting with you about some of your emails don't go anywhere we'll be right back Welcome back to the second segment of today's show. It is time for emails. We put out that call for emails and we got a juicy bunch of emails that we did. Let me tell you, we got some good ones. Oh yeah, very nice. Um, If you would like to send an email into the show, please send it to thisnintendolife at gmail.com. That is thisnintendolife at gmail.com. Or you can post a comment, a question in our Discord server. That would also be hugely appreciated. Uh, Our first question is from chariot goblin who says 
Hey, this Nintendo Life, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is truly the ultimate Smash Bros. game. Nintendo has many franchises and it got me thinking about Nintendo's catalogue as a whole. My question, which Nintendo franchise would you give the ultimate installment, but with the stipulation that it would be the last game in the franchise before the franchise retires forever? In my opinion, F-Zero and Punch-Out come to mind as franchises that deserve to go out with a bang. Thanks and stay safe out there. Very good. Uh, I... So thinking about this question, there are a lot of ways in which you can interpret ultimate. What does ultimate mean? I think we've talked about that a little bit in the past in terms of what, like making an ultimate version of something, what would that encompass? Um, And for me, it would be about taking these ideas from all the different types of games within a certain franchise and amalgamating them to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could, in some ways, you could call Fire Emblem Awakening Fire Emblem Ultimate because yeah. it was that entry in the series that took all these characters and you could recruit all of them and it would basically put every single idea from the franchise previously back into the yeah. that one entry. Um, and so that's... Initially, it was also meant to be potentially the final, right? It, exactly, you know, yeah. So it this is the exact scenario the that it would have been the ultimate uh, entry, which would have been its last one. And that's why they basically just threw the kitchen sink at it. Turns out it was so successful that it continued to become one of Nintendo's top franchises. So... That's a good lesson, I guess, for Nintendo in terms of some of their other dying slash dead things and and what they can potentially do to revive them. Um, So that's kind of my idea of what I would think of as an ultimate uh, video game. What about you, Bally? Well, this idea of ultimate and it being the final, I'm like, well, this is a fantastic opportunity to get rid of Kirby forever. (laughs) (laughs) So let's just have an ultimate Kirby game and we can be done with Kirby and get some other 2D platformers out there that Nintendo are so good at. That would be my initial gut reaction when I saw this idea that it'd be the final ever. I was like, that is an opportunity and a half. You're basically Um, using it as a time to kill off a franchise rather than celebrate the end of a franchise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And then in terms of celebration, I certainly like the idea of kind of uh, franchises coming back from the dead, having one last shebang, and then they're out. And I I would suggest something like an F-Zero game that could just have... And it's similar to like something like Mario Kart Ultimate, which is another option where you just get a huge wealth of tracks, huge wealth of characters, uh, in- includes story modes, mission modes, online multiplayer, this sort of thing. Just do what they've essentially done to Smash Brothers. Just include everyone. And obviously they wouldn't do that with Mario Kart because it is like their, one of, if not their best selling franchise. But, you know, if that's what it takes to get another F-Zero game, I think I might be up for that. You know, I think that'd be a really cool experience, especially on Switch, which uh, is one of the more successful Nintendo consoles in the last few decades for example uh sure. that would be very cool yeah i um but would you be okay with it being de- well i guess it's the stupid question because you've been living with it nothing is truly dead so maybe i am jumping a bit but if it if it meant that uh, if i truly never got to play another f-zero game again but i got this ultimate quotes version on say switch um i think i might be up for it as much as i love f-zero honestly like i, I think i could probably do it that because there's loads of other nintendo franchises i just couldn't handle that like you know 3d mario and zelda like, i just couldn't oh, handle of course not, not no no you gotta god they're my, they're great i love those games and i love them more than f-zero whereas f-zero i'm like i love f-zero i want it back but if this is what it takes i might be prepared to do it 
Well, the, yeah, the thing I was going to say is you've also been living the last 14 years as if F-Zero is dead. So well, exactly. it's not, not like much changes, really. You're telling me it's going to come back from the dead for another game? Like, that's yeah. what it feels like. It's not getting killed off. It's coming back from this. So, yeah. Knows? Yeah, I don't know. It's, that's, that's the thing with some of these franchises that have been left by the wayside is if we came out and gave them an ultimate installment, it almost would be... I mean, obviously, it would be better than what we'd been getting, but if it means that they never come back again, like, we've kind of been living that reality for the last decade or so yeah. with stuff. Even, like, Punch-Out, which I think was, like, 2009, maybe, yeah. on the yeah. Wii. Yeah. Um, so it's been almost a decade for that as well. And and then you obviously have the sad cases of Advance Wars and, and other things like that. So, so yeah, I, I don't think you would say Advance Wars, probably, because if you want that to come back, you probably want that to stay, right? Like... <laughs> You wouldn't want to lose that forever. Yeah, I'm, at the same time, and a bit like with F-Zero, I know I had a, a decent idea for F-Zero um, on the show a few episodes ago, like an F-Zero Royale, where it is like this, and someone mentioned that this is a mode that is in Forza Horizon, where yes, it is yeah, like yeah, yeah. you race and then it's gradual knockout. Um, I think that format would be very cool online for F-Zero. But I, I genuinely struggle to think about where Advance Wars could go next. And that's even someone who's not played the latter two games in that franchise, which I know introduced stuff like uh, mecha tanks or something and uh, pipes and pipe bombs and all this sort of thing. So I don't know where that could go next or if it genuinely just kind of needs a reboot and then who knows. Yeah, just put some anime waifus in it that worked from the past and intelligent systems. Yeah, yeah, that's why I think um, Wargroove was so great. It's just like completely different style, but ultimately a lot of the same similar mechanics. It just felt very fresh, even though it in many ways wasn't at all. And that was yeah. very cool. Totally. Um, I Yeah, the first one I had on my list was also Kirby. I think we're on the same <laughs> wavelength <laughs> Um, not that I want to kill Kirby because, like, he's a lovable puffball. Everybody you know, likes we, him. We talk him down a lot, but there's not a whole lot of listeners who moan about it. There's not. We don't get listeners saying, "Hey, yeah. stop doing Kirby down," which I think the silent majority agree with us. I will go uh, as far as to say, you know, I would say that Kirby is the most like meh franchise that Nintendo have, probably. But the thing about Kirby, and I, I like this idea, right, because it's um. The franchise itself is very malleable, just as Kirby himself is very malleable, <laughs> um, because he can turn into different things and he can change his shape and all that stuff. Uh, because Kirby, if we think about an ultimate Kirby game, right? What you're saying to me is you're going to have a game that is a side-scrolling platformer with Metroidvania elements, plus a racing game where you fly on stars around a course, plus a side-scrolling platformer where he's a ball and you have to use a stylus to control him plus a like all these a battle arena game where you fight each other with like giant weapons and a bit of golf and a bit of golf in there and a bit of like racing ddd on a track and like the ultimate kirby game would be like 19 different games it would be a hot mess right (laughs) um it could be an open world kirby game right where you just run around as kirby this giant open world and you go into like arcades where you play older kirby games or you go on the racetrack and you can actually ride around and i mean i would make it more structured like a nintendo land and it's kirby Mm. ultimate and it's just like a theme park of kirby basically yeah kind of like the rugrats game on playstation you just go around a theme park and you take place in little mini games that right. all have kirby elements as a part of them i like this idea i also see it's actually something i'd probably play but then i could also celebrate the fact that kirby was gone it's like <laughs> one stone like that it'd be great that's so harsh uh 
Which I, you know, I don't miss. I wouldn't miss Kirby's regular games, right? Because I think. Yeah, I mean, I love Rainbow Curse. I love Canvas Curse. I think yes. they are they are great games. I really enjoyed those games. Totally. Um, but I, the the other experiences I've had. I, to be fair, I have played like the N sixty four version. And, yes, Crystal Shards. Uh, Amazing Mirror, a Magic Mirror. Yeah, Amazing Mirror, I believe so. Amazing Mirror on Game Boy Advance, and both of those games were very vanilla. And I know I like my vanilla, but you know need a bit more there's um, something that leaves to be desired when it comes to 2d kirby platforming um it's you you especially see this with in smash brothers brawl the single player subspace emissary which kind of shows you the the design that goes into kirby levels it's kind of the similar level of design that went into those levels and they're very like probably some of my least favorite platforming in video games uh, is subspace emissary um because it's kind of just like running, hitting enemies, not really... There's not interesting level design, per se, yeah. going on. And I think the, the tricky thing about Kirby is that he defies level design to some extent because he can just kind of float over everything and ignore stuff, right? Yeah. Um, which is a tricky challenge. And you can get, like, very overpowered abilities that kind of blast their way through levels. And it's, it's a very dumbed down in that sense. Like, it's... Yeah. Not great. For sure. But I, I do think... You could give a big last hurrah to Kirby yeah. and and do a do do him right, um, and then, but then the problem is, Bally, then Nintendo would have to find some other franchise to throw all their bad ideas at, so that they can churn out a new franchise game every couple of weeks or whatever it is. Uh, well, they're gradually creeping that way with like Yoshi, maybe. So. Yeah, Yoshi was the other one I had. Yeah, was like, yeah. you know, Yoshi's had a good run, but most of his games are kind of building off this success this kind of trying to reach back to the heights and i think a couple of nintendo franchises like this the other one i'm thinking of is Star Fox because it's not in a great place as Star Fox, um and that could certainly have a, a one final bang before it goes out but i think Star Fox zero might have been that game and we just didn't know it i think Star Fox yeah. could be gone for a very long time definitely um, think it will be we'll gone see. for a while uh but you know if you're talking about Star Fox ultimate you can actually throw in zelda elements by because of adventure right like you can make it yeah. more of a open world run around exploration game with mechs that you fly to planets on and you yeah. go around the planet um that's potential but i honestly think that's where they might go with star fox down the line is that more third person action adventure style of game uh yeah because outside of zelda nintendo don't really do it that much when you think about it and it'd be quite nice to they've kind of got other other genres that they do a lot more but the sort of third person potentially a bit more story driven um action adventure would be kind of cool it it kind of did work for star fox i need star fox adventures is one of those games i have to go back to at some point and revisit and and... i think it's a lot rougher than you think in your head and i'd be excited to see your reaction if you play through it I see. I kind of wasted my months in Edinburgh because I literally had my GameCube sitting right next to me with a copy of Star Fox Adventures sitting right there, and I never booted it up. So maybe that says more than uh, any of my kind of conceptions of ever playing it do. I didn't know it was um, on your list to to get played. Yeah, it, it never happened. So that yeah probably speaks for itself. But uh, yeah, that that would be an interesting twist on it. Um, but i do i compare yoshi and star fox because they're kind of of the same ilk in terms of there was this one groundbreaking game um and every subsequent entry has tried to ape it or do it again or try to recapture it and none of those entries have kind of managed to do the same right you've got yoshi's island you've got star fox 64 
and both of these kind of paragons of like Nintendo classic lineup and every subsequent entry has been disappointing as a result so yes yeah yeah um so i don't know what you do with an ultimate yoshi game but i don't know uh the last one i would throw out is wario land not because i'd never want to see wario land again but can we just get another one maybe this is the only way is just you have to have the greatest final one and then it's dead um and it it dies a a slow death we've said Uh, it before but like nintendo they love yoshi and kirby for their 2d platforming when the real kings are wario and dk and yeah the big boys travesty they're the big nintendo relies on their cute and uh, comfortable and marketable let's say characters who they can sell giant plushies of speaking of which i literally have a yoshi plushie sitting on my ps4 don't have a wario plushie do i don't have a dk plushie um so you know marketing franchising i just want a, a big grizzly ape and a fat man you know i don't need yeah. my, i don't need my cute dinosaur and pink blob you know exactly exactly we're here for the hardcore we're back in 2004 nintendo we're here to kick ass and take names as, as reggie so often like to say um yeah we, we we're not uh we don't care about cute things at all definitely not no of course not um no i mean yeah it's a bummer but you know what if it's gonna go out if they're gonna do an ultimate warrior land game that takes here's what i really want is i just want that good feel art style in hd that's all i yeah. want honestly yeah. um and what was that good would feels last game it uh, was crafted Yoshi world crafted, yeah yeah yeah, yeah which was is like was that last year it was yeah it was 2019 march ish yeah. it was like the only game they had in the first half of last okay. year that's um, a shame I, I thought we were closer to the next good feel game but never mind no but they they work relatively quickly right i think woolly world was a 20 yeah because they make the same game twice <laughs> yeah that's true woolly harsh, world harsh. was 2015 maybe they do work quite slowly because i remember crafted world being announced and then it taking forever for it to come out or maybe yeah. that was woolly world being announced and then it took forever for that game woolly to come world, out like 2015 maybe yeah um, but now they've done two yoshi games I think nintendo can give them a different franchise right like i feel like it's it's around the corner so we'll see. i think wario and dk are due yes they are um so hopefully hopefully we'll see them very soon but uh yeah our next email is from beaking who's from sweden who says hey guys i know you both are very into different types of food i mean you did a whole episode about it on patreon i was wondering what's what are some of your favorite des- depictions of food in a game it can be how accurate it looks or sounds or it can maybe have something to do with how it ties into the story or a game mechanic uh, i'm looking forward to your discussion and hope that i'm not stuck somewhere hungry and not able to eat whilst listening to you tackling this topic greetings from sweden uh, well, bad luck, Beacon, because we're just going to talk about all the juiciest foods you ever laid your eyes upon, ever heard about. Uh, hey, uh, there's lots of food in video games. Well, when I f- think of food um, in media generally, the first this isn't video game related, but maybe it is. I don't know if there's a video game of this anime. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind is Food Wars, the anime, when I think of depictions of food in media, because it might be the best looking food I have seen in any form that isn't actually real food. Uh, it's just astonishing. And I can't watch that show without having something to eat afterwards, because otherwise I lose my goddamn mind, because it's just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> Do you have good something... access to some high quality Japanese food after watching that? No, not always, which is the problem, which is probably why I'm not caught up on it yet. I'm Ooh. behind, you know, season four or whatever. <laughs> Got to catch up on Food Wars but my god like the way that they make meat look like the meltiness of meat and like softness of like wagyu beef jesus never have i seen food look so good in a media property um so that's not video games but i just wanted to mention that at the top if you 
ever feel like you're hungry, do not watch Food Wars. It's a bad idea. It's a very bad idea because <laughs> um, it's fantastic. Uh, the other one for video games, the one that comes to mind, which I've not played the game, I'm hoping to. By the way, okay, I just, side tangent here. Um, so you know how I couldn't play Final Fantasy 15 on my Game Pass because it wasn't booting, whatever, and I redownloaded it like three times? Mm-hmm. When I was playing Streets of Rage 4 on my laptop, the exact same thing was happening and i was like for fuck's sake i can't get it to play and so i googled if people are having the same problem and i found a forum thread or a reddit post where people are having the exact same problem where it come up with this black box and it wouldn't load up and their solution was to go back into the game pass app and then keep clicking the play button just endlessly and then it would just it would load up because it was having this issue where the xbox game pass needs to sync to its servers or whatever Mm. and that box wasn't popping up and so you have to keep just mashing the button and it fucking worked and i was like this is lunacy like how is this bug not being fixed yet anyway all that to say that i am going to re-download final fantasy 15 and try that Ooh. tactic again and hopefully it will work this time on my pc solid tactic i like it anyway r- r- back to the point of food final fantasy 15 has some of the best looking food i've ever fucking seen in a game and i've not played it yet but looking at screenshots of that thing and looking online and just seeing i think it's is it not prompto ignis i can't remember it's the guy it's the one who has glasses he's the guy who does the cooking for the the group of the four boys and all that food is just astonishing are they just looking. these cutscenes, or are they healing your characters or i think there are cutscenes, and you do eat at your camp or whatever and you do see the full plate right. or you can maybe go to a restaurant and you see the full plate laid out before you <laughs> but it's just like this glossy like sheen and just Oh, it just looks so well done. Some of the best food I've ever seen. Is that a theme between Food Wars and Final Fantasy is that these Japanese depictions, they like yeah. their food glossy? May, yeah, I, I think so. I think you're right. There but might be something The thing to is, do like, Wagyu beef and, say, like a fatty tuna, uh, to, to represent, like, the fattiness of them, it, in reality, they probably would be a bit moist and have that sheen. So maybe it's like, you know, that kind of, that link. Did you notice in Japan when you went any food that had that looked more shiny or or is its presentation always because um, a big feature of just eating out is that uh, food places will almost like I, I think it happens more in places like Osaka and Tokyo, but um, it's like they will put plastic food out of their meals at the front. And this is like a big thing in Japan is like plastic food. And that's how they demonstrate like what dishes are available. Um, And this makes it very easy as an English speaker, because then there was a couple of times where the waiter would literally lead us to the front of the shop and we just pointed at the plastic food that we wanted, uh, which is really useful. Otherwise, um, yes. So as a result, because it's plastic, I should say, it is incredibly glossy uh, and very shiny. Um, And does that link so my point is like i think that the stereotype in japan of like nice looking food uh is glossy and in in relation to that it's often because it's depicted using plastic that makes sense um i i mean i wouldn't imagine that the food that you know is being presented in these different things are covered in plastic but maybe that's just the perception that has kind of leaked through maybe i don't know um, mm, mm. interesting stuff nonetheless uh any big examples of good looking food for you bali because i've got some other examples of like good looking food but also food that's that's it's uh, there's good eating sounds i've got some okay. examples well, and some other stuff like that food that in terms of resolution looks unbelievable and also in terms of story is very much 
what the character you're playing as would want um, would be the burritos in Last of Us Part Two, <laughs> which <laughs> the internet has gone wild over. And I'm not going to give the specific story moment when or how it happens, but it's very much like, God, you know what you need in this world? A burrito. And like, there's something, I, I love burritos. I, I can't say I've like... Uh, like looked for really high quality burritos in enough places to say that I've re- had very good burritos but certainly there's like places in London and Edinburgh where I was oh, I really want a burrito like they're just a really nice semi-healthy but also very fulfilling uh, often spicy lunch that I just I love burritos and seeing one depicted in that game uh, was very cool and obviously everyone's talked about how good looking Last of Us Part 2 is and the burrito is no different. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I, I wish I would be able to zoom in on it a bit more because you're mm. kind of walking around holding it and eating it, um, which, you know, fair enough because that's kind of how that game works. But yeah, I'd, I'd like to... I'd like to zoom in on the burrito is what I'm saying here. You know, I like, I like high-quality... Uh, shiny images, which is why the other mm. example of a game I've not played yet um, but has incredible-looking... Let's say products rather than food is Death Stranding, and it's oh. goddamn monster energy cans and shit like oh, that. Right, like, yeah. <laughs> dear lord, it's a very good-looking put... game. Actually, I I need to get to Death Stranding at some point. I've decided. Just see everyone talking about the PC game, I've been like, oh, I want to try we, that. Do we though? I don't know. I want to try it. I want to. Maybe try it. now more than ever, we do just because of how like it's just the world right now and it's just crazy that but also this game... um for some reason kojima thinks that scotland is america and i want to explore yeah. those highlands so sure that's yes. cool yeah that's definitely not what america looks like i'm pretty <laughs> pretty sure um but yeah very very similar to highland kind of geography and architecture which is which is neat um some other ones i would say which i'm surprised you haven't brought up Bally, uh pikmin pikmin is a great example especially pikmin 3 oh that is a very good example perfect example of just giant fucking food and obviously it's very much part of the gameplay but you going and collecting those fruit and bringing them back they look so good um and they have that sheen to them like all the grapes like have a bit of kind of shininess off them giant apples like all the pieces of fruit that you collect in pikmin look great sometimes they're like sliced as well so you can kind of mm-hmm. see the inside of them like a kiwi or an orange or whatever in slices and i just yeah i think pikmin 3 especially is, is the best one just because it looks the best the sound design in pikmin 3 but at the end of the day because all your fruit that you collect gets juiced into and turns into juice yes. and the sound design it's like this Glugging sound. Yeah, <laughs> just kind of yeah. like the way that they like suck it, suck the juice, the fruit juice. Oh, it just sounds so good. That Love is it. a good example. I didn't think about that, but yes, the end of the day juice collection is very satisfying. Uh, yeah. Um, in terms of sounds as well, I, I like the Minecraft eating sound when you eat in Minecraft <laughs> and the kind of chewy crunchiness of it. It's yeah. it's pretty good. Like there are all these people out there who don't like to hear people eat. And I've never understood that. I'm like, it just doesn't bother me. I don't know. Um, Maybe I'm weird, but I've never been bothered by sounds of people eating. But for some reason, people get very put off by it, which is why whenever people eat on podcasts, people complain about it. And I'm like, whatever, like it's food. Who cares? Um, But anyway, I like maybe that informs why I think the Minecraft eating sound is good because I I like eating sounds. Um, One that is more low key that every time i i look at the food i'm like i don't want to eat this because it looks really nice and even though it's going to help me in the game like mechanically is stardew valley 
Mm. the sprite work on some of those like Very the baguette good. or like some of the veg salad things like that i'm always like oh it looks so nice in my inventory i don't want to eat it because then it'll disappear but it's also satisfying to eat because then you get your energy up and then you're ready to go yeah, into the mines yeah. again and stuff like that. Sardew Valley has very good food sprites that are great. Um, One game that I love the whole food element because of the way it's it's an event. It's a really positive experience. It allows you to experiment and do all sorts of things. It's obviously Breath of the Wild. Like, yeah. I love that the food... First of all, the food at the end can look really impressive, looks really nice. Um, but the, the just the music and the happy process of like these cooking sounds of like pots and pans smashing each other and things, it's just a really great, pleasing process, which I think yeah. works so well in an open world game like that where, yes, sometimes you will like have really low health and you will need to like stock up and it's it's a rather than just going into a shop and buying stuff that will heal you or something like an rpg or whatever the process of like actually cooking and experimenting with and all the whole sort of mechanics of the red hearts and the yellow hearts and this sort of thing and sort of the immunity to stuff like cold and fire and heat and sun whatever it's it's very cool that it's all integrated into this one event that i just think that obviously a ton of polish went into that whole experience the both mechanically the fact it's so positive and that you know everyone made loads of videos when that came out everyone loved that that sound it was just so great yeah uh, i love cooking breath of the wild i think one of my favorite aspects is you literally hold all the food in your hand so you like put it all into link's hands and then you just drop it into the pot um i wish you were able to see the end result like him actually taking it out and eating it he kind of just does a generic eating motion um which you know it's more convenient it's more based on the game design which i actually appreciate a lot more um as opposed to a game like red dead where you like very slowly pick up things and turn them around slowly in your hand and look at them and did you do any cooking in red dead because there is stuff in that game as well where you're over a cook fire and you're trying to roast things and, and cook things up yeah i I, maybe once but i really can't remember um yeah i, I barely did it yeah that kind of speaks to how 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 frustrating i was finding exploring that world where i was really there for the story and little else sure yeah that makes sense um and then obviously got to give a shout out to castlevania and wall chicken just because it's weird right like you hit a block and a random chicken falls down and you just eat it you don't even question it it's in a really old decrepit castle there's moss everywhere there's probably some bugs crawling around for god's sake there's vampires everywhere but no simon just gonna walk over and eat that chicken and somehow it makes him healthy again it just fills all his, his hearts up um the other thing i appreciate about that is like it constantly gets referenced in other games and then these days they've actually included more accessibility to it which is hey if you're vegan we can change that to like a salad or something right so like instead of the sprite being a chicken you can change it to something else i think bloodstain does this i'm pretty sure streets of rage 4 does it as well in terms of you get kind of food from the floor as well in streets of rage you can just change what that looks like what the sprite is for it so if you want the vegan option or you want the vegetarian option you can have that instead which i think is just a cool thing uh, that they put in those games but but yeah I'm all about the wall chicken. It's fun time. I got a shout out Overcooked. I yes, think. I was wondering if you're going to bring that up. I think they, and I actually think Overcooked 2 really stepped up the look of a lot of the dishes. And obviously they made a lot more Japanese style dishes, which I hugely appreciate. Like the sushi just looks very, 
like almost uh, that glistening that we were talking about that's like moist yeah. and like ready to go um and some of like the dumpling things that you can do but even like the pizzas and the burgers and stuff like that that you're making yeah i was gonna say the burgers look really nice and overcooked they look really good and just i think it's almost <laughs> there's something intrinsic to watching it being prepared yeah and seeing it cooked in like the burger pate in a frying pan for example and then seeing it served and the lettuce chopped and the tomato chopped and then all of that on a butt burger in a bun this that whole process almost makes the final product even more appealing where you're like i know what's gone into that i worked on it and it feels like well you're not obviously eating it you're serving it because it's uh-huh. overcooked but like i think it makes the food like more appetizing by the fact that you've been working on it so hard yeah totally you get the satisfaction there, which is good. Yeah. Um, cool. It's probably other foods and games, but I can't think of any at the moment. Um, but those are the ones that came to my mind. Um, so, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you very much for your question, Beaking. It's hugely appreciated. And thank you to everyone else for sending in. And, yeah, we've got a, another few lined up for the following week. So look forward to that. Thank you for sending them in. If you would like to send in an email, please send it to thisnintendolife at gmail.com. That is thisnintendolife at gmail.com. We would really appreciate it. But that's what we've got time for in the second segment. Join us after the break for part three. Right, folks, welcome back to the third and final part of today's show, in which we are going to uh, be taking a topic from Patreon. Uh, Bally, we have our $5 tier now, where people can suggest on Patreon topics for the show. Uh, So what do we have today? Well, today, a Cerberus kindly suggested this topic, uh, which is, a Cerberus says, One too many tea tables have been upended and Nintendo is being split into two companies. As the leaders of these two factions, you must draft the Nintendo franchises you wish to retain. Which franchises do you have to snap up first? Uh, What franchises with some hidden potential can you pick up in the later rounds? What success means is up to you. Very good. Uh, so I wanted to add a bit of stakes to this. I know we haven't had a bet on this of like what we'd have to do, who wins or whatever, but my idea would be, and we can figure out like that in the remaining however long, because we're. My idea is over the next three years, and we'll eventually come back to this. Um, <laughs> we get points depending on how many games get announced for whatever franchises we have, right? So if I choose Zelda and six Zelda games get announced, that's six points for me. If Bali chooses Mario and seven Mario games get announced, that's seven points for him. And we've got them into different like subcategories as well of like two D and three D and things like that, but. I thought it would be fun to add stakes so that we can kind of figure out and maybe choose in a different way of like, what are the franchises that are going to be the most important to Nintendo in the next few years? And how many games are they going to make in these franchises um, will decide like maybe what we're choosing first and and things like that. So 
Um, so people will just have to remind us in three years' time to come back <laughs> in July of 2023 uh, and uh, and see who won, and then we'll figure out what the loser slash winner has to do or whatever. Um, I'm sure we can come up with some fun yeah. thing, like making the other person play a game or something like that. So That's always a good one. Um, it was a good one. Yeah. But if Nintendo split in two, yes. would your company be called Nin or Tendo? Because no, in true Square Enix my... fashion, I think we should split the name. <laughs> Just split the name in half. I was thinking Ninten and Endo, basically. Ninten and Endo. Because Ninten was the name of the main character in the first Mother game, right? Like, he's called right. Ninten. Uh, so, Ninten and Endo, um, I think, would be quite good. Um, do you mind which you go as? I don't I'm, mind. I'm going to be Endo. You're going to be Endo. Endo. The Endo. <laughs> Endo. I'll be Ninten. It's like, um, it's like who, who was the founder of Sega and then they, he just named um, Sega after himself? I don't know. I have no well, idea. I'm 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 merging my name into the name of the company. Um, okay. And so I'm, my company's going to be called Baliendo. Okay. That sounds good to me. Um, so we have a list. Uh, should we read down the list of all yeah, the I'll, options I can we have? Go through it pretty quickly. We, we've I gone. Think. We've gone some some niche things as well. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I think if we just if we're just wallowing around in niche upon niche by the end, we can probably just say let's just stop. Be sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah sure. but we'll see. Yeah. Um, I'll run down this list very quickly then. So we like we said we split two D Mario and three D Mario. So. 2D Mario, 3D Mario, 2D Zelda, 3D Zelda, Splatoon, 2D Metroid, 3D Metroid, F-Zero, Wave Race, Donkey Kong Country, Kirby, Mario Sports, Mario Kart, Mother, Xenoblade, Pikmin, uh, Fire Emblem, Animal Crossing, Pokemon, Luigi's Mansion, Super Smash Brothers, Yoshi, Star Fox, Kid Icarus, WarriorWare, with Rhythm Heaven, Punch-Out, Advance Wars, Paper Mario, Dylan's Rolling Western, uh, Box Boy, Pilot Wings, Steel Diver, Rusty's Real Deal Baseball, the Wii series, the Nintendo series, Brain Training, Mario and Luigi, uh, Mario Party, 1080, Picross, Golden Sun, Dr. Mario, Uendan, uh, Cruisin', Clubhouse Games, Chibi Robo, Labo, Mario vs. Donkey Kong, Pushmo, Sin and Punishment, Style Savvy, and Fossil Fighters. <laughs> we can really get into the dregs at the yeah. end there, uh, which is fun. I, I would, I would uh, argue to just make Donkey Kong Country just Donkey Kong, because what if there's a 3D Donkey Kong game that gets announced? Let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah, so let's just do generic Donkey Kong, um, which covers a few bases. I mean, I still think they might call it Donkey Kong Country. Oh yeah, maybe. Who knows? We don't know. Maybe yeah. Don- a reboot, Donkey Kong Country, like you know, rebooting the. So we're saying every game announced in the broad category we've listed, you get a one point four. Yes, you get one point four basically. Okay. So, so who wants to go first? Should we flip? A co- Is there any coin to flip? I don't know. What? Do, um, how do you want to do this? I don't know. I don't have okay. a coin in front of me. You can go well, first. I don't. I'll mind. go first because my first pick is Kirby. Um, I am willing to bet there will be at least four Kirby games announced in the next few years. Uh, so I'm going to take Kirby straight away because he is Nintendo's most prolific character in terms of his appearances, and uh, I feel like that is a safe, solid bet. So I would like to take Kirby. Okay. Um, in line with that logic, I'm actually going to take Mario Sports because Ooh, that's see that's a good category to yep, take because there's lots cause of different ones it's vague it covers so that's everything not including party and cart we've yes. said so golf tennis football yeah counts all the all the different things yeah um 
So now I'm trying to think of what what other franchises here could potentially spawn multiple game announcements in the next three years. It's probably unlikely, obviously, but um, but I think actually this is the obvious one, and this is going to pay dividends for me. I'm going to take Pokemon uh, because because there are so many bullshit mobile games that get announced for Pokemon. I I just want to clarify Pokemon. I think that should we should have split Pokemon into spin-offs and mainline. okay. Okay. I don't. I, I I agree. But I'm doing this retrospectively. Are you but... going to tell me that like I'm not going to be allowed to have Pokemon Party Blast on phones as um, a point? Yeah, we could do another category, and I promise I won't pick it next round. Called no, Pokemon. No, that's fine. We can we can like. just get rid of. We can just not count all the mobile random yeah. Pokemon games. Let's let's just. But what about new Pokemon Snap? Yeah, Pokemon Snap would count, and I would say also like Let's Go counts, like mainline like console style Pokemon games. Okay. Cool. I think the rule could be if as long as it's not a mobile, it counts. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Right. I'm going to go for Fire Emblem. Because oh, that's a good one. Yeah. We've basically had one every three years, every other year, almost like it. Yeah. There's a lot of Fire Emblem floating around. Yeah, and I have a feeling that they're gonna do a partnership with Bandai Namco to make a Fire Emblem fighting game sometime soon. So. I guess I that, that counts. That could add as an extra game added on. I'm sure there will be at least one announced in the next three years. Yes. Um, so Fire Emblem is a really solid choice. Now we're getting down to the ones where probably only one game will get announced in the next three years. Um, and I, I'm wondering about Smash Brothers is definitely not. So I'm just not going to touch Smash Brothers at the moment. It might be like dlc doesn't really count does it because that's just a bit of a cheat we already know no, that DLC we're saying is main games uh on non- non-mobile devices yeah um i am going to in that case uh, and some of these are i don't know what you want to do about some of these games that are clearly dead and are never going to come back like the wii series like i don't know if they're going to do a wii game on a switch you know well we'll just end the game when everything left looks dead basically okay I think. all right we'll go, well, okay. that's what we'll do Fair enough. I don't know if you just want like clout points for like what are the coolest things that you could choose as bonus at the end. But <laughs> we can pick, um, we can each pick like five just crazy ones and then yeah. look back and be like, hey, I got it for sure. Um, I am going to go. This is getting tricky now. I'm going to just go with. I'm going to go with 2D Metroid. I'm going to take 2D Metroid. Whoa, I believe Metroid in it. before Mario or Zelda. That, that is yeah. bold. Well, the thing is, we um, are due. Yeah, I, we are Ish. definitely we are owed one, and I think that given the fact that we've already got a 3D Zelda announced, I don't know if that counts. Do we count that because that's already announced? Yeah, because it's coming out in the next three years. So anything that's coming out or will be announced in the next three years, we're going to count. Okay, so you can just get a bonus, just well, easy guaranteed I mean, point. 3D Zelda is literally going to you know, guarantee to be one point. And yes, it's guaranteed one nothing point. Nothing more unless exactly. something gets announced. But. 2D Mario is a weird one just because Mario Maker recently came out and 3D Mario, I think Odyssey 2 is coming, but that's probably just going to be one point, I feel. So. Okay. I'm... I'm going to go with 2D Zelda. Yeah, I mean, they did do the remake, but we're due an original. I think we're probably going to get an original one, and... Maybe just at the tail end of this, like, probably 2023, early 2023, they'll announce a new 2D Zelda. Yeah. So you might scrape in at the end yeah. there and get one. Um, yeah. I think we're definitely going to get a spin-off slash sequel slash Splatoon franchise game. I think we need another one of those. So I'm going to take Splatoon, 
Um, it's maybe a little risky, but it has been three years since Splatoon 2 came out. There is a strong brand for them. They want to continue that strength. Whether it's Splatoon 3 or whether it's a spin-off title, I feel strongly that we're going to get some more Splatoon in the next three years, minimum. So I'm going to go okay. with Splatoon. Um, I think I'm just going to take the boring point and take 3D Zelda for now. Well, with both Zeldas there, 2D and yeah. 3D, that's quite solid across the board, to be honest. I with mean, you. more or less, something Zelda-related comes out roughly once a year. I mean, yes. this year isn't going to be an exception to that rule, but it happens a lot. Um, Maybe I'm being bold, but I'm going to take 3D Metroid because uh, Metro Prime 4, if it's not out by 2023, at least it's announced. Uh, so... <laughs> technically it still gives me a point even if it doesn't come out it's technically still announced at the current moment um so you're, you're taking both the zeldas i'm taking both the metroids okay that's how it's going i'm gonna take mario kart ah see this is the one where i wasn't sure about whether i was going to take mario kart or not because i'm not i'm just not confident they're doing another mario kart this generation it's a tricky one i i i am confident they will just because um Oh, sorry, mother's gone into... That's, yeah, that's all right. We've got that's some okay. Google Docs fun happening Google Docs here. fun, great to listen to. Um, yeah, I, I think Mario Kart is going to come. There's going to be another Mario Kart on Switch. I think it will be announced at least in the next three years. Great. Uh, I'm going to go with my heart, not my head, even though my head is probably the same. Xenoblade is definitely getting a new announcement. And the bonus with Xenoblade is I feel because of the way things have been happening, is they can do a Xenoblade 3, and then they can do a Tourner the Golden Country style thing, and that counts as a separate game. So I could get two Xenoblades for one here, potentially. That's my thinking. It'll there. count as a separate game if it's like Tourner. It won't if it's like the, the epilogue, yeah. The epilogue from the deluxe, yes, yeah. Um, I hate to say it, I'm going to take Yoshi. Yoshi yeah, always call. bloody comes out. <laughs> it's a good call. Like, similar to Kirby, Yoshi is pretty strong. Yeah. I would say Kirby and Pokemon are probably the two top-tier picks in this, and I'm glad I got them both. Um, Ma- How weird does it sound to say that Kirby's already had a 2D game on Switch? It just feels like the most forgettable kind of, <laughs> like, yes. thing. Yeah. Um, it's it's real weird. That's just how the world is at the moment with Nintendo. They just love those happy-go-lucky puffballs and dinosaurs. They're their favorite. Um, now, this is getting tricky because there's definitely we're, we're, we're in the. I think there's some pretty area. gimme ones floating around. Probably, yeah. You know what? I'll just take 3D Mario um, because we're gonna get an Odyssey too. Like, I really, I yeah, I, I, I strongly believe that. Yeah. Um, I I'll take 2D Mario. I think it's very much due. And are we counting like a re-release, like New Super Mario Brothers U, as a as a game? I guess we do. Um, it's a release. If it's a new release, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think remakes or remasters. It has to be like you know, it can't just be a re-release like Metroid Prime Trilogy. You know, it needs to be sure. Link's Awakening or something. But yeah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um. I'm going to take Pikmin because I believe I believe Pikmin. That's a good one. I, think that's I believe it's coming. Good chance. There will be an announcement for Pikmin in the next three years. I mean, it was. It's been what, like five years since that Miyamoto quote of <laughs> Pikmin Three Four <laughs> almost done. Sounds uh, like a knows. safe pick now. In three years' time, we're going to laugh at these lists. Yeah, um, we are definitely. I'm going to take Donkey Kong. I that's think, a good one. I think he's fairly due as well. And even if it's not a country game, you know. There could be a Something. brand new style of DK, like yeah. re- reboot DK. What if they do a whole game based on that Nintendo Land game? 
Oh yeah, definitely love it. Uh, that's Tatman. actually the best Nintendo Land game. Like, not even a word of a lie. Uh, single player wise, at least. That single, is the best I'll give, I'll Land give game. you that single player. Definitely not overall. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Oh, we're getting to some of these now, which I'm like, will it ever come back? Everything's a bit quirky, or it's already happened. Yes. So I, the thing with Paper Mario is like obviously not because they literally just put one out. Yeah, uh, literally not feeling it this week. So that's uh, probably out of the running. I am going to say of these ones star fox is actually probably the most likely i'm going to take star fox because animal crossing just came out they're not going to do another one next three years luigi's mansion came out last year i don't think that's a quick enough turnaround for a fourth luigi's mansion game um and smash brothers is just eternal for the moment so it's not gonna get a new one yeah star fox feels like the most dead franchise any of us have picked (laughs) so far so that's definitely an interesting one um i'm going to take Hmm. I'm going to take WarioWare. I know we just had yeah, that, nice pick. I know we just had that um, 3DS thing, WarioWare Gold, but I yeah. think it's got to have a its time on Switch probably next two years. You would hope, yeah. You would you'd think that that would be a thing. Um, I am really skeptical about a lot of these ever getting another announcement. However. Of the dead franchises, my faith is probably <laughs> quite high in Punch Out. Um, it's been almost ten years. I think that it's the only conflicting thing here is Arms. Right? Arms is the problem. We maybe we should put Arms on this list. I forgot about that. Let's put Arms on this Let's list. That's a Nintendo list. franchise. And now you're probably going to take it. Uh, because uh, I don't probably, know about that. I feel like ARMS is actually quite likely. Um, Punch Out is like similar-ish to ARMS, but it's totally a different game. So it's just whether or not Nintendo want to bring it back from the dead again. I don't know if they're comfortable doing the stereotypes in Punch Out. I know we've mentioned it on the show before. I think there's probably ways around it. Um, I'm not sure if Nintendo's the company I have faith in <laughs> working that out. Yeah, I think um, they can just do a complete reboot of Punch Out and just change the way that they approach those types of things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, I think a pretty simple one is Mario Party. Like, I oh, think. Oh shit! I should have taken. You know what? They're going to multiple... announce like fucking five Mario Parties in the next three years. Yeah, to be honest. so I'm pretty comfortable with Mario Party. I'm surprised I didn't take that um... earlier. That was that's an obvious <laughs> gimme, very obvious. Um, I'll take Arms. Uh, having right, just added it, I'll take Punch Out and Arms just to cover my bases, you know, make sure. Because, you know, with Min Min being announced for Smash Brothers and being in there, it doesn't signal anything necessarily, but it tells you Nintendo are still thinking about Arms. They're still considering it as a yeah. property. Yeah. So. I'm going to take Pilot Wings. Okay. Much it's been a while. No, it's been a while. <laughs> but I'm going to take Pilot Wings. I don't know why, because I like Pilot Wings pretty much. It's. it's I think Pilot Wings could sell very well on Switch, like many games do sell well on Switch. I think it, it, it's aimed at quite a wide audience. It's a very family-friendly game. It's a it's a really relaxing time, and yeah, it's due. I'm going to make a bold move here, Bally. I don't know if you've seen the rumors floating around of uh, Twitter handles being taken for the Super Mario 35th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Nintendo also registered a Twitter account for F Zero JP. Um, wow. So. That one hundred percent. That one hundred percent could be. Hey, we're just taking the name because we need it for you know copyright issues and things like that. We just want to own the name F Zero JP on Twitter. But where there's smoke, there's fire. If there's a Super Mario Thirty Fifth Twitter account that was created in March, there was also an F Zero one created in March. I've got a hope, Bally, for you at least. 
that is coming. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put F Zero on my list. I hope so. I'm gonna do it. Um, a game we're about to play Nintendo plus cats. I'm gonna take Nintendo. I think. That's I'm, another... You know what I'm so shocked by is that Nintendo haven't put that on mobile yet. I am yeah, absolutely yeah. bewildered that they um, haven't done that as one of their mobile games. I think there's a decent chance of something Nintendo's related coming to Switch, honestly. Um, it does have that touch screen. It does. And um, it also has motion controls, so you can throw it does frisbees have motion and things. Controls. Uh, let's get some HD puppies on the go. Yeah. How does it feel for a puppy to lick you? Well, hold those Joy-Cons, son. <laughs> find out. <laughs> we'll see. Um, okay. Um, we're getting down here to like harder. Dr- dream territory I'm gonna go dream big dream hard and yes Mario Golf is gonna get announced you're gonna get a point for that I guarantee it but after that gets released in say early 2021 we're gonna get to early 2023 Golden Sun Camelot we're back baby let's do it Golden Sun I believe okay. I'm gonna take that um, I'm gonna take Rhythm Heaven yeah it's a good one even if it's a collection, I would say that counts, right? Like, yeah, probably, yeah. Um, it's been a while since Mega Mix on 3DS, and it's a series that has got to come to Switch at some point. Yeah, sure, it definitely does. Uh, I am going to go with the weird pick. I'm going to say Dylan's Rolling Western because it's one of those series that they don't sell, but for some reason Nintendo keeps making those games, and <laughs> Are there you know, two like, games. There's three, I three. think, okay. maybe four, but they're mainly 3DS things, which is why I'm a little skeptical about it, because I don't know if it would make the transition to Switch, if it's even worth putting it on Switch, but uh, there's got to be a Dylan game coming to Switch, right? Like, at some point in the next three years, I don't know, mm. that they, they kind of feel like they really like that character for no discernible reason, because he's not made any money for them, but, <laughs> you know. I'm going to take one of your favorite franchises, MBZ, Mario versus Donkey Kong. Oh, God. Um sucks so much certainly during the 3ds era nintendo kind of returned to it a few times was well, like, like the minis right game. the mini march of the minis or something like that yeah I remember. Uh, DS there was a wii 3DS. there was a wii u game definitely that they did with yeah DK. it's i mean i don't think it sells particularly well but they do like returning to it so i i, I wouldn't be surprised if something along those lines happened to come to switch okay uh then i am going to take might be a bit risky one but i'm gonna take labo because I think they still have one more hurrah in Labo. I think there's there's going to be another set of one, kits yeah. coming out. Um, and I think even if it's just some random weird thing, Nintendo, Labo might be the place where they are kind of focusing. You know what we should have added here? Ring Fit Adventure. Honestly. Ring Fit Adventure. I feel like they're going to make another one of those because that has been very successful. And if you take it now, Bally, then God damn you. But I'll allow it. Mm, I... I'm going to go... Or, hmm, you know, the clubhouse games because I think they just throw out another pack of games. You don't think they'll just do DLC for the current one? They might. I feel like that's kind of how it's going to go. They might. They might do. Uh, and yeah, I'm going to take Ring Fit Adventure. I'm going to take it because I came up with it and I thought it was a good one, so I'm going to take it. Um, the way that thing is selling, man, like Jesus, you'd be stupid yeah, not to take yeah. it. Uh, shot in the dark, going for Kid Icarus. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that Sakurai is eternally bound to make Smash Brothers for the rest of his life, and I don't know that <laughs> well, any other ultimate, person would work on it. The DLC for Ultimate will wrap up in the next 
year and a bit until nintendo are like let's do round three <laughs> to make more I mean, money i do think a round three is highly likely but even if even if he does a round three and has a year off he might announce a kid by 2023 maybe yeah maybe um yeah i think maybe we can wrap start wrapping up because i feel like nah, there's, there's a few more i want okay there's a few more you want okay all right I um i i will take you know what? Does Mother 3 count if they announce Mother 3 for Switch? Because they're never going to make another Mother game. Shigesato Itoi has said explicitly he's never making another Mother game. Um, oh, come on. Yeah, come you on. can have Mother 3, fine. Yeah, let's take Mother 3. Let's will it into existence. Let's will it. Look, I mean, if I didn't do it, it would be a crime. Um, I'm going to take Picross. Surprised it's not gone oh, yet. Oh, shit, you're Picross right. That's a fu- God, I should have taken... I might get... More than one point for that. They could have announced like three Picross games for God's sake. I'm <laughs> an idiot. God damn it. That's a cheap um, one. That is a cheap one, but I didn't see it. I didn't. I didn't. I thought you were going to take so. it there and then, and then you were like, actually, I'll take Mother. <laughs> uh, yeah, wow. Real smart of me. Just real, just all the brains in the family on my side. Um, some of these are just dead, right? Like Mario and Luigi, Alpha Dream doesn't exist anymore. They went bankrupt. Um, <laughs> What if Mario and Luigi becomes the, 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 the route that Nintendo actually do do a Mario RPG, you know? they could, The thing is, that they'd, I'm sure they'd own the right to make more of those games. It's just the company they were using doesn't exist anymore, so who do they give it to? And, and do they eh, want they to give it to someone? It? But yeah. They can, but like, there's limited space for development. I don't know. Um uh, I'll take Box Boy because you know I thought Box Boy. They said bye bye Box Boy, but that was a lie because Box Boy plus Box Girl <laughs> happened. So I'm sure they'll do another one. Box Boy plus Box Girl two. Box Boy is a, a safe bet, I'd say. I think Brain Training. Didn't they just announce one recently? I feel like there was one that got announced for Switch. Um, well, I'll get a point then, won't I, when it comes out? Well, yeah, maybe it already came out. I'm not sure. It might have already come out. Haven't checked that. Uh, yeah, I uh, I'm gonna go style savvy. Is a 3DS franchise that I think could make its way over. Maybe it has already. I don't know. I don't pay attention to Sal Stavi at all, but people seem to love that series. <laughs> you know? People seem to love it. I'm going to Dr. Mario. Like, I I, yeah. agree. I know he's just had, like, a mobile thing that was crap, but... Um, <laughs> continues to be crap. Continues to be crap. Continues to just create characters who are nonsense. Yeah, but I do think that, um, you know... They'll throw Dr. Mario in something. They'll theme a Dr. Mario game and put it out there on Switch at some point, even if it's a cheaper game. Yeah. Uh, so these big games, like, I'll take Luigi's Mansion, I think, just because... I was going to go for that, yeah. I think cause three sold well enough where I think they're like, let's get on with four, you know? Yeah. Um, I am struggling now. Yeah, I think we're at the point where either it's come out. Oh, too let's recently. take Advance Wars! Come on, let's do it. All right, you've got to Might do it, Bali. Well. You've got to believe in the, to, of the cards. It's got to come. There we go. It's happening now. Great. Uh, and then, yeah, I think the last one I would say is probably Pushmo. Oh, I was going to take Pushmo. Well, there you go. Um, I've already stolen it from you. So now, I guess I will. T- um i'm gonna take Mate, look greg Leahy was laughing about there'll never be another sin and punishment and lo and behold they put one out on Wii. so who knows yeah. what happens um you know? take wave race yeah just take your your favorites at the end here yeah great 
and, and yeah, that kind of leaves us. I'm happy leaving it if we want to. So we're left yeah. with Animal Crossing, Super Smash Brothers, Paper Mario, Steel Diver, Rusty's Real Deal Baseball, Wii Series, Mario and Luigi, 1080, Uendan, Cruisin', Chibi Robo, Sin and Punishment, Fossil Fires. I think there is close to a 0% chance that new games for all of those get announced. Well, why don't we leave that list with our lists and just make sure sure that no games come out in those franchises just yeah 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 sure fun. and then we can we can maybe get minus points for being idiots and not taking them when we should have right done. Uh, do you want to run through your your list of games for your mini nintendo company okay so so um my my company Ninten, Ninten. Uh, has, has a really exciting portfolio we've got kirby and pokemon 2d metroid 3d metroid splatoon xenoblade 3D Mario, Pikmin, Star Fox, Punch-Out, Arms, F-Zero, Golden Sun, Dylan's Rolling Western, Labo, Ring Fit Adventure, Mother, Box Boy, Style Savvy, Luigi's Mansion, and Pushmo. That's a nice company right there. It's really good, yeah. Uh, I've got Mario Sports, Fire Emblem, 2D Zelda, 3D Zelda, Mario Kart, Yoshi, 2D Mario, Donkey Kong, WarriorWare, Mario Party, Pilot Wings, Nintendogs, Rhythm Heaven, Mario vs. Donkey Kong, Clubhouse Games, Kid Icarus, Pit Cross, Brain Training, Dr. Mario, Advance Wars, and Wave Race. It's pretty um, all around. I think we've got some, some distinctive companies. I would say that overall I'm, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> I think with, we're going to uh, get like five points each and that's that. <laughs> Looking at both these, those, these lineups maybe is an interesting final thing. Who do you think would make the more money? Which company would be the most financially Ooh. successful out of these two companies? Um, I would go with myself okay. because <laughs> of Fire Emblem, Mario Kart, 3D Zelda, and... I guess 2D Zelda, Pilot, I don't know, not Pilot, why is it Pilot? <laughs> 2D <laughs> hey, Zelda, those are my top well, four, I guess. Uh, I would say my company would be the most financially successful because I have Pokemon, so nothing else matters, <laughs> um, basically, is how I'd say. Uh, but, hey, there you go. Uh, financially successful in the ne- in the next three years. Uh, yeah, I agree, because there'll probably be multiple Pokemon games and they'll sell more. Yes. I think the one-off Mario Kart game, if we get it, will obviously do gangbusters but i agree that's one game versus potentially three pokemon games yes um but also pokemon as a media franchise is the most profitable yeah you're gonna get the history of the universe two or something some film will boost you (laughs) yeah um great well that was fun uh we have two separate entities two nintendo companies and we will see in say three years time so on in the middle of july 2023 someone remind us that we did this and uh, we'll revisit our lists and see how well we did how many points we got and and what the uh, challenge slash forfeit will have to be for the losing person um, it'll be a fun time um Very good. but that is gonna wrap us up for today thanks everybody for listening uh, if you would like to be a patron who can submit a topic just like a service did this week uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash this nintendo life uh, where you can do that for five dollars a month um you can of course uh you know check out all the new shows that we are doing in terms of we are doing our this nintendo life and we then have bonus bits going up as well so to have a look over there check out and see what you like and we have some patrons to thank as well bally yes thank you to our ten dollar tier patrons they are atari alex thomas matthew and my fiance caroline thank you for your ten dollar tier support and yeah thank you for all the the new patrons who have you know 
had a look at our new tiers, thought, hey, I want to jump on that and try out our new Patreon show, This Non-Tender Life. Episode 1 is already out, so hopefully people enjoyed that. And yeah, we've got lots more shows to come. We've got that yeah. Xbox event that I think we're, we're keen to cover as well. So that'll yeah. go on that um, Nintendo Life feed as well. Yes, absolutely. Uh, great. You can also find this show all over the place on the internet. Um, and you can find us all over the place as well. I mainly live on Twitter for most of my days. Um, and I tweet about, I don't know just whatever is happening things life um everything going on telling people to i don't know i, I don't know what is you Twitter's tweeted thing. i want to see an end to user score reviews i did yeah well you did well i mean metacritic was like ah what if we do this innovative thing of um we'll just not let people review it day one to stop review bombing as if that's going to change for day two at all <laughs> Like yeah. just get rid of just <laughs> get rid of them all together, you know. Like because I, all I, all Metacritic is is like people going, "This is one out of ten. I hate it." Or this yeah. is ten out of ten. My favorite. Yeah, I agree. User scores have very little useful information. But one thing I do think is mildly interesting is when a game does get review bombed on day one, and then watching the score gradually like improve as more people like beat the game and say hey this is actually really good or something as mildly interesting as much as i agree user scores are kind of pointless yeah yeah um yeah so you can find me at lord nbz where can they find you bally find me on twitter at ballyman91 that's b-a-l-l-y-m-a-n-9-1 great uh, you can find the podcast Twitter at TNL Podcast. That gives you links to Discord, YouTube, all the other places that we are and exist on the internet. Uh, and uh, and yeah, you can find the show in various places. Um, you can find us on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Apple Podcasts, uh, any podcasting app that you have. You just look up this Nintendo Live and you should find us, download us, subscribe to us, all that good stuff. You can review us on iTunes as well. It'd be very nice to get some more of those going. And uh and yeah, you uh, obviously uh, will be able to participate in our Backlog Club when that happens. Um, and that is going to happen for the next uh, two shows. Two shows from now is when it's going to be, which will be the 17th of August, which is when it goes live. But of course, we'll like to see your emails before then. So send your emails to this email address. The Bally will tell you right now. Email thisnintendolife at gmail.com. That is thisnintendolife at gmail.com. We want all your puppy and kitten thoughts yes yes all your ideas and opinions about nintendo plus cats and we'll get playing that very soon uh great that's going to close us out everybody uh thanks everybody for listening and uh and doing stuff i don't know who knows how to end shows these days you just ramble on until you find a natural stopping point and then it's the end and i ask bally to say something and he never has anything insightful to say and it's just I'm just looking forward to doing this bonus bonus bits at the end of the yes. show. That's yeah, what I'm a, looking forward to. We've got a fun one lined up, so we'll, we'll do that. Um, but uh, yes, thanks everybody for listening. We will see you next time. Until then, thank you very much. Bye bye, folks.
The musical interludes used on today's show were Yearnings of Wind from Chrono Trigger, copyright Square Enix 1995, and Ant Kingdom from Bug Fables, copyright Moonsprout Studios 2019. That's Frog's theme. Oh, it is, yeah. Didn't even talk about the music. God, that soundtrack is so good. No. You can put that in the thing. You want Frog's theme, yeah? I like Frog's theme, yeah. All right. I'd be up for that one. Sure. Uh, My other favorite theme is the Overworld theme for, I believe it's 600 AD. Okay. How does it go? It goes. Wait. Forgotten how it goes. Let me see. Oh, yeah. Don't think that's it. That's 600 AD, Yearnings of Wind. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I love it. It's so good. That's like the main Chrono Trigger song. 